I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. It's Friday, and usually we give you the Friday News Roundup for the day's podcast. Well, as we've been preempted this week for the Trump impeachment trials, we're bringing you something a little different. Live entertainment, like theater and music, helps shape Chicago's identity as a cultural hub. And let's face it, just makes our lives better. The pandemic has been hard on the arts and live performance. The latest stimulus package earmarked $15 billion for the arts, but will it be enough? Well, one of those players in the city's tapestry of creators is the historic Congo Square Theater Company. We're revisiting an earlier conversation we had with the executive director, Charlique Roll, to hear about how they're handling this time. Charlique, welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So tell us, Charlique, how have you all been doing at Congo Square? What's it been like working during the pandemic? You know, it has definitely been a shift. It's been quite a season for us. There's been a lot of new things that have been happening. I actually just stepped into this role back in May. So there's a lot of navigating our relationship as an organization and really just working through that. We've just celebrated our 20th anniversary. So, you know, it's been difficult not to produce live theater. Mm -hmm. But I think what it has done for us is really help us to reground and refocus on, you know, we celebrated 20 years. What does the next 20 years of this organization look like, even as the world is changing, as the world is shifting, and even in the midst of the times that we're in? So Congo being an organization that is built as a theater first, but also primarily as an organization to elevate and promote and develop Black voices it's the heart and core of who we are. So being able to process that in this time amidst the global pandemic of COVID-19, but Mm -hmm. also the injustices and racism that we face as a people, as an organization, and then even more finely as an arts-based organization, which, you know, doesn't receive as much funding as it could. Right. Well, first of all, congrats to you on landing that role in the middle of a pandemic. No, mind you. Um, and, and of course, congrats to you folks at Congo Square on the anniversary. Now, you, on top of being an arts administrator, Charlie, you're also a performing artist and you're a choreographer. Tell us what it's been like for the workforce in live theater since indoor shows have been all but virtually eliminated. Yeah, it's been a definite challenge because, again, artists aren't generally salaried employees. They work on contracts. They work as the projects come and go. And so in the midst of a time when the contracts are very limited now and we have to rethink as administrators and organizational leaders, you know, how can I help to ensure and support my artists to be able to continue to sustain in this time because it's literally been like Mm -hmm. gone. It has been a huge challenge for many of our ensemble members. And then as, as a performer, I'm like, this is difficult because this means that there are a lot of things that I would have engaged in, participated in, initiated, they can no longer be done. And it even just kind of shifts your perspective of how do I sustain my art? How do I keep moving? But also how can I continue to create? Because there is the the fiscal side of it, right? Like for a lot of artists, how can I continue to make a livelihood when this is my primary thing? I've thrown myself completely into my passion, my burden, but now here it is that we are unable to sustain that yeah. or there's not enough funding to support those whose livelihood this is. 
But then also as an artist, there's this process of grieving this moment. Because again, when it's something that this is what we feel really built to do, really called to do, really burdened and passionate for, and it's just been stripped away without any expectation, without any explanation, without anything, there's this kind of like disillusionment of like what is really happening here and just dealing with the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological aspects of that as well. And so that's the artist side. And as an administrator, I'm thinking, again, what opportunities can I create to continue to support and provide work? And I think we've really been trying to find intentional opportunities to do that at Congo by creating and shifting our programming. Well, yes, you talk about shifting. You mentioned before you had to rethink a lot of things. And one of the innovative Mm -hmm. works that you're doing is with your industry training institute. You're able to offer discounts for classes. Can you talk more about that and the significance there? Yeah. So one of the things as a mission of the organization and a part of our heart is really to be able to continue to build and develop Black voices and creating opportunities for artists to continue to hone their craft. As a result of the pandemic, we launched our Industry Training Institute, which are monthly workshops, which include playwriting, auditioning, self-tape, directing, plethora of topics that are really like professional development. So even being able to provide resources to artists in this time when you may not be able to get out there, but here's a way to continue to sharpen your craft by an amazing award-winning and vastly experienced ensemble members of Congo Square. So being able to provide that, we recently received some funding to help us move this program forward so that we can make this as accessible and as affordable, especially in the time where there is a lack of funding for individuals. We have our monthly classes, many of which have been deeply discounted. We have a standard price for many of our workshops now for $30 Mm -hmm. for general and professional. And for our college students, the workshops are free because, again, we want to be able to give them access to opportunities to connect with a professional company, to continue to build their repertoire, and to continue to grow and develop as an artist. So that last stimulus package from the government, it, it set aside money for the arts, around $75 million to the National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities. And that was to distribute to thousands of cultural organizations nationwide, did any of that assistance find its way to you at Congo Square? At present, it has not. <laughs> hmm. Are you expecting yeah. it to at some point? Um, we have submitted applications. We've, you know, we are hoping that it does make its way to us, but we have not heard or received any further information regarding that as yet. So it's, you know, those things where it's like there's money being made available, but there's so many organizations who are tapping in for the same amount and then it's like well when are we going to be able to know or hear or find out whether wherever it is and I know that's part of the delay too because there are so many vying for same funding so we we hope that it does come to us. Now Charlie what are the live theater community's needs like right now both for performers and venues? Yeah I think for performers the biggest thing is that being able to have funding government support because arts institutions are cultural institutions these are some of the backbones of our cultures and but yet they're one of the things that are often the most underfunded and the ones that get cut the most so being able to say where can we provide consistent funding to ensure that our individual artists are 
continuously working even in this time because we may be considered non-essential workers. So there's no place for the artists to go, but they are essential. We think of what the country and the world has been doing right now is seeking some reprieve, some joy, which comes from entertainment, which comes from different places where these artists are vital. So in essence, they are essential workers. They are essential to helping bring life and light and joy to the communities in the midst of these times when they can't go out. So how can we continue to do that? I think also being able to provide some more technological support, technological training for organizations who have to shift to online platforms and also making those more accessible, even just providing those resources as either free or discounted resources for arts organizations, again, who still need to continue to move forward to produce and be able to have that support that it doesn't become a burden because, you know, moving into a technical, logical, uh, digital phase can be very expensive, can be very taxing. There can be a lot of lack of information or lack of understanding of how to do that well. So even having the support of that, even more so. But I know that's another means of being able to provide for those artists and persons who are able to do that. I want to look ahead a little bit for 2021. You got a sketch comedy show called Hit Em on the Black Side. What is that about? Yeah, so Hit Em on the Black Side is a sketch comedy series. It was birthed back in 2014 by our ensemble member, Anthony Irons. And essentially, this is, again, this is one of those opportunities where we seek to bring joy. So it's a sketch comedy series, short episodes. We have six that are on our website and on our social media now, and then we'll be doing some more beginning in March. And these are just moments that are speaking to social commentary to Black justice, to just what's happening in the world in a comedic standpoint, from a comedic standpoint, but also from a very conversational and intriguing standpoint to be able to say, hey, here's what's going on. Let's start talking about this and being able to initiate conversations and dialogues that aren't happening. As you're bringing joy with Hit Him on the Black Side, you know, despite we, we talked a lot about the hardships and tragedy, Charlique, tell us briefly positives that have come out of the pandemic for the live theater community. What do you think? I think that it has really unified the community in a way, in a unique way, because we, again, as artists, as an arts community, we already know the challenges of being an arts community in our society, but it helps us to refine and it gives us a deeper burden and passion to understand the importance of the work that we're doing for each other. And I think that it's forcing us to support each other even more because it's like these little grassroots things that are popping up everywhere from each person. It's like, we know the challenges because we know the challenges that it takes to get there. We're saying, I see you. I see you and I acknowledge you and I support and celebrate you. So I think that is, this is bringing a space of celebration, but I also think that it is giving theaters an opportunity to expand into demographics and spaces that we may never have been able to tap into because of our locale. You know, being a Chicago theater, you may be known nationally or elsewhere, but this opens the spectrum of your audience in such a way that it may not have been otherwise. That's Charlique Roll, Executive Director of the Congo Square Theater Company. Charlique, thank you so much and good luck to you. Thank you. Have a good one. And that's today's reset from the pandemic to the arts, politics to business, and people working to make your neighborhood a great place to live. 
we got the best mix of conversations for you right here at Reset. Make sure you're subscribed and take 30 seconds to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.